This podcast may contain discussions about violence, drug use, and it's most definitely going to contain a lot of foul language. I'm sorry, In a time where women are becoming more angry and frustrated and frankly fed up with the current state of affairs, we are more frequently seeing the deplorable actions of men being held to account. We will always believe the victim, but everyone has these soft spots where we close our eyes to certain things, and this podcast is about keeping them open. Each week, we'll be intentionally ruining our personal, once-assumed heroes slash imaginary celebrity lovers by shedding light on the facts that we may be blissfully unaware of or possibly willfully ignorant of. Welcome to the very first episode of Sorry, He Sucks. My name is Amber. And I'm Kara. And this week is our very first week, and we're probably going to fuck up a little bit. We're probably going to trip over our words a whole bunch. I hope you stick with us. We're going to keep it going until we get it right. You. All right. Um, so this week, I am going to ruin, well, am I? This is what the whole thing is. Am I going to ruin Robert Downey Jr. for you, Kara? Am I? I have not. <laughs> I really do. I mean, we're going to see. I've done a whole lot of reading on the internet, and and I mean, who knows? I know, because I've already read it, but let's let's have a go, all right? So I'm going to give you a little background to Robert Downey Jr. Okay, I'm pretty pumped. All right, so he was born in New York City in 1965. His father, unsurprisingly, his name is Robert Downey Sr., was a filmmaker and actor, and his mother, Elsie, was a writer and an actress who starred in Senior's films. Old Robbie Senior was a drug addict. This is where Junior's problems really all stemmed from. Junior has said that as a child, drugs were everywhere. His dad even shared a joint with him when he was six years old. Six years old. Apparently that was his way of bonding with his son. Not a great start to life. And I'm saying this not as some excuse about what happened later in his life, but it certainly does explain a lot. And maybe it is an excuse. I don't know. Subject maybe for another time, but, you know. Mm. In the 80s and early 90s, he was a major player in a spate of of coming-of-age movies and massive commercial hits. My faves include Less Than Zero, Soap Dish, and Heart and Souls. His performance in Less Than Zero had critics declaring he was the best actor of his generation. And, I mean, he really was pretty great, but was he just playing himself, a drug-addled young man among the wealth and glamour of Beverly Hills on a certain path to self-destruction? His performance is fucking awesome, and he plays the character so succinctly and subtly At the same time, it's super raw and, I think, frighteningly real. A great insight into probably what the fuck was going on in his life. He was a member of what the media penned the Brat Pack, and during this time, a brat he was. (laughs) (laughs) And people loved him anyway. He was charisma, charisma, charisma. He was super handsome, and he definitely had that bad boy thing going down pat. He could do indie movies. He could do big commercial hit movies he could do anything and he had this massive (laughs) crazy air of like unhinged and he absolutely was but that's made it what made him so appealing like he would be a super fun guy to get fucked up with i think that's going to be a real common thread (laughs) you know it's like these fucking loose cannons and you're like yeah they're such fun party guys but then they're just dicks as we all know like when we meet a nice guy that we think well I use the word nice, that's not the word I meant to use. When we meet a fun guy and we think that life's going to be a super fun party time, actually that is really fucked up. Yeah. It's a horrible nightmare to actually live through. Yeah. So look, I'd like to know, Cara, why? Why do you love Robert Downey Jr.? Firstly, I think 
He's really hot. <laughs> I also think he is a really good actor. I think he's and and like I I just fucking love like those those like coming of age movies. Like you put it, like I really enjoy watching that, and especially because it's like of another time. And I think I've always been a little bummed out about the generation that I was born in. So like looking back at this, I remember like fucking just binging every John Hughes film, like, yeah. And finding out what those films were when I was quite young and being like, Oh man, John Bender, he'd be the best. Like that's another one. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of like also his longevity in such like a fickle industry. Totally. Um, And I think he's been married to his wife for a really long time and he's really Mm -hmm. fucking nice about his wife Mm -hmm. and the things he says. So that's, you know, like it is ridiculous, but like literally if, if someone in the public eye is loyal to their wife, (laughs) I'm just like, bravo, somebody get a medal for that man. He's not a prick who fucks all his co-stars. Exactly. Oh my God. I know. Well, at least doesn't get caught. Yeah. As far as we know, you know, we don't know. But, like, to be fair, like, you know, maybe a little self-reflection would be important because my bar is clearly very low. (laughs) But, yeah, I also just think he's really funny. Yeah, he's great. And he kind of takes the piss out of himself. And he, like, lives in, like, a windmill house. Did you watch the Architectural Digest, like, open door? I thought it was pretty wanky. But how could you not be wanky if you were a movie star of Robert Downey Jr.'s calibre? But also just like the A4 printed, he has, just for oh, anyone yeah. who hasn't seen it, there's A4, like basically Architectural Digest go to famous people's houses and then they give them like a tour and you're like, oof, um, <laughs> this is what money could buy you. This is this is what it's like not to be just solely buying from Ikea and for things to fall apart. But he has... Like, in their house, there's just A4 signs, home-printed A4 signs on pieces of, like, reflex paper <laughs> stuck everywhere that's, like, close the doors because <laughs> of the cats. The fucking cats. And it's just, like, I could not live like that. No. I'm, I'm a minimalist, though. All right, I'm going to tell you what he did that's bad. So, from 1996 to 2001, Downey was arrested numerous times. I'm just going to run through the highlights. Please. Also, like, I think when you're at that level and then you're getting arrested, it's, I just feel like normally they could probably buy their way out of it a lot of the time. And they did. Especially then. Maybe not so much during, like, the Lindsay Lohan, that kind of new realm of brat pack, if you will, because it's like they were, like, making an example of them. And also maybe they had less respect from men. Definitely. Men lawmakers. Oh, those guys, the long dick of the men lawmaker law. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, look, in 1996, he was dragged to rehab by Sean Penn and Dennis Quaid. Oh, my God. Like, imagine Sean Penn, the piece of shit who, like, bashed Madonna on multiple occasions throughout their marriage, and Dennis Quaid, who famously took two grams of coke per day, every day. I didn't through know the 80s. Dennis Quaid was such a bad boy. Oh, he is bad. Mm. It's Dennis Quaid who's in the Parent Trap, right? He's the dad. I'm too old for the Parent Trap, but I think so. He's so squeaky clean in that with his two twins that he separated when they were babies. I saw it. <laughs> cool. When- I saw, I, like, I know him from, oh, God, what's his fucking name? Jerry Lee Lewis in this, like, Great Balls of Fire, this, like... So in my mind, he's just, like, a bad, bad, bad boy <laughs> who, like, marries his cousin. Gross. Mm. Anyway, look, those Probably guys... <laughs> those guys thought he had a problem. Yeah. So that's pretty fucking telling. They drag him to rehab... He actually only lasted three days before he ran away and then called his accountant who booked him on a flight home on which he proceeded to drink himself, like, into oblivion. So he's clearly got great people around him working for him. Yeah. Um, Not long after that, he was stopped by cops on the Sunset Strip while driving completely naked and throwing imaginary rats out of the car window. 
Very Hunter Thompson. Uh, obviously, I think we can presume he was pretty high at the time. Somehow, probably a testament to the charms of Robert Downey Jr., or maybe just a sign of the way Hollywood stars are treated, if they have a dick, by the police, <laughs> Downey was let off and not charged. Wow. Yeah. His first actual arrest was that summer in 1996 when he was pulled over on the Pacific Coast Highway. Been there. Me too. <laughs> and was found to be in possession of, I don't know how to say gun things, but like 0.375 Magnum, heroin and cocaine. And this time his Hollywood status could not get him off. Three weeks later, before he'd even been to court regarding that offence, he was arrested again. This time he'd rambled into his neighbour's home, who he didn't know, stripped naked and curled up in the bed of an 11-year-old boy. The boy's mother found him there when she pulled back the covers to find a fully grown, naked man. Can you fucking imagine? Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. He's really lucky no one... Wait... I, I, I remember this story, but, like, you tell me what happens next after she finds it. Well, he was charged with being under the influence of drugs and the neighbours didn't press any trespassing charges. Well, I was going to say he's, he's really lucky that no one, like, say, I mean, that woman didn't just go into full fucking, like, yes. mum mode and just beat the shit out of and him also or the dad didn't find him. The kid wasn't in the bed. Yeah, right. Imagine fucking the trauma yeah. if you're 11 and some terrifying naked man who wasn't yet Iron Man jumped into your bed. But when you're 25, you can say Iron Man was in my bed when <laughs> yeah. I was 11. And you're probably like, it was fucking great. <laughs> um, I love also that they call this the Goldilocks incident. <laughs> Which is so, fucking like, wholesome. What a euphemism. <laughs> it's like, is it wholesome? Is it? Anyway, I think it's a fucking great name, but I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I think it's more serious than... Yeah, it was, I agree made to seem like he was ordered to a drug treatment center on the way there he apparently told the guards that were basically like escorting him there that he was going to escape and lo and behold four days later he climbed through a bathroom window and hitchhiked to a friend's place in Malibu and then security found him four hours later again and he was off to jail because he'd you know like breach the terms. Rules are rules. Yes. Um, I can't find any information about how long he was in jail here, but I assume it was just a quick stint because according to the internet, it was in 1997 that he spent his first real time in prison. And I guess jail and prison are different. And I'm sure I've looked into this before in my life, listening to maybe other podcasts and but I actually I don't know maybe it's like local and state or something yeah I don't know like holding or like yeah like they're being charged they're going to serve a term yeah I don't fucking know Mm. after violating his parole he spent 180 days in prison for missing his court appointed drug tests probably because he would have failed them miserably like he'd get an f for fun time. <laughs> well, locked up, he was the target of at least two super violent attacks, which found him, quote, waking up in a pool of his own blood. Yeek. Oh, I, d- I just don't want to go to prison ever. No. I wouldn't make it. I went to a Steiner school. Mm-mm. I'm done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Later that year, he turned up to a fancy Beverly Hills meeting barefoot and carrying a loaded shotgun. He still got the fucking part. What? It was in a movie called One Night Stand, which I have not seen. Please, a choreographer with AIDS or something. Anyway, I haven't seen it. But, like, come on. That's a cry for help. Don't give him a part. Help him. I think also, like, you know, for you and I, just the idea of, Walking anywhere with a gun is so bananas. Totally. I mean, 
but still. I don't even think they do that in America to job interviews, which essentially it is. <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to a fucking job interview. With no. Anyway, look, in 1999, he spent a year in a California lockup. He says he slept on a three-inch mattress and scrubbed pans for eight cents an hour for a year. Oh. When he got out of prison this time, he seemed to be on the straight and narrow. Seemed. He was cast in Ally McBeal, and I feel like that was a really great show. Maybe it just was for his time, and I mean, I've never watched it again, but I remember, did it have James Spader in it? Yeah, and yeah. Like, it was pretty funny and weird. I remember watching I have really vivid memories watching that show. Was there, like, a curly-haired lady that sung songs in the bar and stuff? I feel like it's, the, it's Jenna from 30 Rock was in it. <laughs> yes, she was definitely in it. Maybe she was the singer. We have to look this up. We definitely do. I want to watch it. I wonder if it's on anything. I wonder if it's any good now. Maybe that's why mm. it doesn't sit. Like, it doesn't have the longevity <laughs> of, like, other shows of that time. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, look. Despite appearances, he was still actually doing a ton of drugs. He was just getting better at keeping his shit together. So not long after that, he uh, gets arrested in Palm Springs in a hotel room on felony drug possession charges. And at the time of his arrest, he was wearing a Wonder Woman costume. That just makes me like him more, though. I've scoured the internet to try and find a picture, but I can't find anything. Her accessories have powers. Can you imagine? <laughs> drug fucked Robert Downey Jr. in a Wonder Woman costume? Give like me to. that. All right, then he was found in a stinking back alley in Culver City, been there, curled up in a, I'm not in a stinking back alley. <laughs> curled up in yeah, fetal position. Not fully position. anyone. <laughs> no. He's barefoot. Again, the man hates shoes and completely out of his mind on drugs. He was arrested again, lost his job on the show. And I believe he pleaded no contest and that, that, helped him avoid jail time, but he was sentenced to three more years probation and ordered to rehab again. Jeez. Now, I guess being a drug addict is actually a super tragic thing. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person, and honestly, I think he's okay. Even back then, it's pretty good. Fun time, Downey Jr. Not, doesn't really give a shit. He's a total mess in those younger years, but he still seemed kind of cool. Like, yeah. he still made a lot of movies. Yeah. He's got to be holding it together in some way. Um, I was actually at a loss to find anything super fucked that he, like, did to someone besides that Goldilocks <laughs> incident. Um, I think maybe the some of the worst things I found out about him are the company he keeps. Oh, really? Yes. So in October 2001, during his acceptance speech for some award, he used the time to beg Hollywood to forgive Mel Gibson. Dude, no. Why? <laughs> He's such a piece of shit. Also, don't even fucking worry about it. Yeah, Like, why? everyone's going to fucking forget and just let the anti-Semitic prick back into Hollywood with a busy schedule and loads of money. But why would... I, has he, like, recovered from all of that? I feel like... I feel like he hasn't. I don't think uh, properly, no. But, I mean, that was big. Jewish people run Hollywood. Exactly. Big mistake. You're out of there, dickhead. Fucking, like, offend Sorry. someone else. <laughs> <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds, no. Mill. Fool. Um, I also read about his association with this guy called James Toback, and he's a screenwriter... Um, I recognize his name. Well, he was accused of sexual harassment and assault by 38 women. The alleged harassment happened where he would set up meetings framed as casting auditions and he'd tell the women that he was a friend of Robert Downey Jr., which he actually was, and ask questions about the women's sex lives, rub his crotch on them, masturbate on them, super fucking gross, massive shithead massive like they definitely worked together but 
all I can really find is the fact that he always referenced Robert Downey Jr. in these assaults before. And also I found a great article of him dismissing Robert Downey Jr. after he got clean, saying that Robert had, like, lost it and was basically boring now. (laughs) What an asshole. Whoa! (laughs) Um, And I guess that actually has nothing to do with Robert Downey Jr. But I just thought you'd like to know that information. Also, like, what what a fucking (laughs) bitch! (laughs) Stupid dickhead. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, he lost his pizzazz because he's no longer, like, fucking driving naked in a car. Yeah, getting arrested monthly for drug possession and You just sound like possession. a dickhead. Uh, yeah. Also, clearly he's an absolute piece of garbage. Yeah. So, look, this last thing is kind of the only thing that I actually think is a bit shitty but also is a big roundabout for me. So, look, I'm going to talk about his... 2008 blackface performance in Tropic Thunder. Mm. Like, so instantly you go, no, you don't do blackface. What the fuck is wrong with you? If you haven't seen Tropic Thunder, it's a pretty good time. Um, Robbo plays Kirk Lazarus, who is an Australian method actor and five-time Oscar winner who has had pigment alteration surgery in order to play the black character in this film within the film of this movie Tropic Thunder. So it's not straight up blackface. It's definitely nuanced, layered, but it is in a comedy film. And anyway, look, I found this um, Joe Rogan interview. I don't really like him very much, but there's a long interview that Joe Rogan does on his podcast and he references that time and I'm going to quote Robert Downey Jr. here. He says, And then I started thinking, this is a terrible idea. Wait a minute. But then came an epiphany. Then I thought, well, hold on, dude. Get real here. Where's your heart? And my heart is, A, I get to be black for a summer in my mind. So there's something in it for me. Other thing is, I get to hold up to nature the insane self-involved hypocrisy of artists and what they think they're allowed to do on occasion. Just my opinion. So, we've got two things to unpack here. One, what the fuck are you saying about this black for a summer? Two, great, that's the argument that I, and he said it really well. But that first part. Yeah. What a bizarre thing to say. Yeah. And then he goes on to say that 90% of his black friends. Oh, no. Which is, I mean, every fucking, everyone when they're about to say something racist says. Every. my black friends. 90% of his black friends loved it and compared his role to that of the Wayne brothers in White Chicks. It's like, no. No. Rogan then remarks on or rather bemoans the fact that Tropic Thunder might be the last time Hollywood lets someone do blackface. Uh Uh-huh. He's complaining about this. And allow the abundant use of the word retarded. Like, seriously, Joe Rogan. So he's saying that in a negative way? He's like, like, ugh, I mean, it was a great movie and it's the last time we get to do blackface and say retarded 400 times. Oh, my God. Anyway, I guess if Robert Downey Jr. hadn't made that weird comment about the black for the summer, I could have accepted in a roundabout way that he was playing a self-absorbed narcissistic method actor and by doing blackface was showing what a dick the character was, but then it sends my brain into an endless meta spiral and then I just can't think about it anymore yeah um also you know the whole never go full retard thing that his character says over and over like the movie did cop it for that and I agree that that word is just so fucking lazy as like trying to get like a laugh because it's ridiculous and offensive and 
But I also see it being used in the same context as the meta spiral I got into before. Like, is it funny? But also, is the word just so stupid to use? Also, as far as I know, he didn't write the script. Ben Stiller did. So I don't know. In a way, the blackface argument is still relevant. Today, loads of acting were going to, like, Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian person and trans parts going to cis people. Like, it's important to discuss this, and I feel like maybe Tropic Thunder is doing that in this yeah, I, I, I like mean, maybe I understand Ben Stiller that. is a genius, but <laughs> I wonder how many people's heads that completely went over and do they understand the complexities of a movie like Tropic Thunder? Yeah, if that's what they're attempting to do, their target audience is completely the wrong audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely block this out. Um, also, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role in that movie, like... Really? Black for the Summer. Does he get it? It's like something you, you, you watch when you're, like, you've had a really tough day, you can't even focus on anything, mm-hmm. and you want to watch something that maybe you'll get a laugh at but have no investment in whatsoever. So how on earth does that equate to a supporting Oscar? No, it... Doesn't, but then when you look into all those layers, like maybe it is a really clever thing. I, but is it? I just think there's no place in in this world for blackface. blackface personally, Agreed. that that's me. Agreed. Look, um, so if you are alive in the world, you would probably know that he has come a long way from being the the drug addict barefoot <laughs> that we talked about before. Barefoot. So he met his wife, as you said, he loves his wife on the matter on the little up. So he met his wife on the set of Iron Man two thousand three. He's not had any relapses since then as far as I know. People fucking love him. In two thousand fifteen he was given a pardon by the governor of California for that one year stint he did in prison and what year was that? Uh, 2015. Okay. I thought it might have been Arnie, but it's oh, too late. <laughs> cool if it was. <laughs> it would be poetic. <laughs> <laughs> the pardon doesn't expunge his convictions, but it does reinstate his, like, voting rights and basically says this guy has stayed out of trouble and he's a really great person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, okay, I didn't even think about that voting rights mm. at all. That didn't come to my mind, but also, like, what a fucking joke. There is literally an entire generation of people who got caught with a 20 of weed in American prisons mm-hmm. right now who will never get out. <laughs> and yet Robert Downey Jr. is living his fucking like billion dollar life. Mm-hmm. And then he gets he gets a pardon? Yeah. A pardon. What in the actual shit? The world is so unjust. It's fucked up. It's nice to be white, I guess, you know. Fucking oath it is. great. Last year he was the third highest paid actor in the world. So I think we can safely say that any of his bad behaviour has not at all affected his career. Yeah. Um, and I also feel, though, I still feel that I can't really ruin Robert Downey Jr. for you. I mean, I think... I think you have a little. <laughs> like, he's not the devil. No. All those problems aren't, like, it's not his fault that the system is set up to excuse white people for behaving like cunts or... Uh, yeah, it's it, that, that part of it isn't his fault. You're right. I mean, you're right. He acted like a like a fucking idiot for a really long time, but the fact that he consistently got away with it. I mean, obviously, like you said, he did go to jail. He did yeah, go to prison. Like a full year. It's pretty good. Yeah. Which I can't really think of many other no. Hollywood stars who did. So he, he must have been pretty fucking bad. Yeah. To actually definitely <laughs> be sent to prison. But... I just think he's pretty great. Has he changed? Do you? Um, you tainted? You see, the thing is, like, 
I just think if I, okay, firstly, I think like he's a man. So that's a whole set of rules. He's a white man. There's another set of rules. (laughs) It's like, you've just got all the privilege one could ever, ever want. But also, I mean, like in a way I kind of get it because if I was in his position of just like that assumed power that I have, and then I have like success in something that pays a lot of money and gives me a lot of notoriety, like just knowing myself, I think I'd probably do that. I'd probably drive naked. I'd probably like go off the deep end because no, you know, everyone's a yes person, aren't they? Like, and I think that that just breeds the kind of situation he got himself in. How the fuck can I, how can I also crying for help? Like how, what the fuck do I need to do to get arrested in this town? Exactly. For someone to give a fuck. I don't know. Who knows? I do. I don't know. I do. Like this, the, (laughs) Goldilocks thing just I knew that story before but I do love the fact that that's what it was called (laughs) what great journalism but um I I really I don't know maybe it has changed a little bit that last part where you where you mentioned the part and that's kind of pissed me off a little bit yeah but again that he is not responsible for that that is you know a result of a system which is fucking broken. Yeah. Well, uh, DJ, there you go. He sounds like an old president with whistly wooden teeth. RDJ. RDJ. No, well, that was like Irish, so. <laughs> Good try, RDJ. <laughs> All right, let's have a little uh, wee break and we'll be right back with you ruining someone for me. Fucking oath, I will. So now that we've done uh, my beautiful sweet baby angel, Robert Downey Jr., we're going to just take a trip across the pond and we're going to have a little chat about Fassbender. Mm, Michael Fassbender. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's start our story in a little place I like to call Heidelberg because that's its name. (laughs) So Heidelberg is a university town in southwest Germany and it's also the birthplace of none other than Michael Fassbender. So Michael was born April 2nd, 1977, to an Irish mammy and a German papa. Uh, When he turned two, the family packed up and made the move across the North Sea and they headed to the Emerald Isle. That's right, a land of storytellers in Guinness. I'm talking about Ireland. Ireland? Ireland. Is that Ireland? Ireland. I, Ireland? Ireland? I, oh, my God. Yeah. I just slurred. Oh. Sorry, Islanders. So, <laughs> that's what we call them, yes. Uh, the Fassbend is settled in the Irish town of Killarney, Count Kerry, which won an award for being Ireland's tidiest town in 2011, which... Thanks, Fassbenders. I really respect... I fucking love a tidy town, me. Me too. So, also you might recognise Kalani um, from the Bing Crosby classic, Too Ralu Ra Lu Ra. Uh, <laughs> actually, just, just Not so, familiar. No, neither am I. But um, his parents ran a restaurant in the town and they had a great time living it up in the countryside. Michael was raised Catholic and served as an altar boy. Ding, ding, ding. That's the first red flag. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. My partner was also an altar boy, but maybe that's why it's a red flag for me. (laughs) Uh, So the family spent summers in Germany. So they go back and and, uh, Michael is fluent in German, English and Irish. I always thought it was like Celtic or Gaelic. I don't know the ancient language of these places. But According to the internet, it was Irish is the language. But anyway, fancy. He's trilingual. Are we talking Wikipedia here? Just, well, I, I, uh, I went a little <laughs> deeper, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so Michael knew what he wanted to do from when he was about 17 years old. So he knew that he wanted to be an actor. And by the time he was 19, he moved to the big smoke. We're talking Jack the Ripper. We're talking Audrey's Station, which I'll have you know has a plague pit hole that holds a thousand buried bodies underneath it. That's foggy London town. It's full of history, full of bodies. London. Love it. London. 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 So he he moved to London 
and their fassy attended the drama school attached to Central St Martins. So I'm sure you might have heard it heard of it because it edu- literally educated like a shitload of very super successful people. So amongst them are MIA, Stella McCartney, Oof. Colin Firth, Amelia Clark. She's the mother of goddamn dragons. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, that was a beautiful bit. It was delicious. Uh, so anyway, he dropped out. And his first screen role was in Band of Brothers, as in mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Hope you're doing okay, Hanksy. Hope you're <laughs> all right out there. Hope you've recovered. And also still Steven Spielberg. So, I mean, like, that's that, fucking starting strong. That was his first role. Yeah. Go Fassie, I love you. Well, <laughs> so it is, yeah, it's a strong start. Like, also I did a little investigating and I think that Tom Hardy, who's famous. also... They're my top two. Seriously? Of all time. Does anyone really know what Tom Hardy's face looks like? Because I feel like he's always got it covered. He's like, in Dunkirk, he was, which fucking, I love that film, but in Dunkirk, he was wearing like a pilot mask. And then when he's Bane, he's all like, (gasps) oh, no, I haven't seen those movies. Oh my God. I want to watch them because I want to see his beautiful face. Do you know what? I really enjoy it. That's all I'm interested in. This is is quite like a sidebar here, but like the Cray Twins movie where he plays. Ronnie and mm-hmm. whatever crate that I love. I just love that story because I used to live just down the road from their. What's that called? It's like I think it's called. Is it called the Cray Twins? No, it's called. It's like one word. Yes. Like I want to say like Boris. It's not Boris, <laughs> but it's like one word. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, we'll uh, find out. We'll tell you next. It week. is a good movie though. It's a fascinating story as well. Just to read about it. Anyway, so I think that Tom Hardy and Fassbender studied together and also he, they both had their big break slash like their first fucking crack in Band of Brothers. I mean, that's pretty yeah amazing. Um, so from then, to be honest, things just... It's called Legend, sorry. Ah, uh, I mean, so that's sorry. a funny name because they are career name. criminals. Um it's very close to Boris. I'm so sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Boris, Legends. legend, interchangeable. So, um, yeah, so he's been in a boatload of amazing movies like Inglorious Bastards. That was actually pretty early in his career, which I didn't, like, mm. I was surprised by a little bit. He blew up. Yeah, he really did. And also the hefty dick-swinging film Shame. That's why he blew up. <laughs> exactly. Everyone was like, look at that long. <laughs> He's, uh, he's been nominated for two Academy Awards. Uh, one was for 12 Years a Slave. I actually haven't seen that because mm. I don't know if I could watch it. It's pretty hard going and his character is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrifying. Like, but obviously he plays it well. The Academy recognised it. Yes, he does. Um, he also uh, was nominated for an Academy Award for Steve Jobs. So that's a film where um, he played Bill Gates and it was all, all about, no, I'm kidding. It was about Steve Jobs. <laughs> 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 but that didn't that come out like the same year that they all, like another. No, that's just what I was going to say. So I want to know who fucking greenlights these projects, yeah, right? Too. Where they make two fucking movies about the same thing <laughs> at the same time. So I'm referring to Ashton Kutcher yeah, plays in, in, in Jobs and old mate Fassy in Steve Jobs. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, they're obviously made by different companies. Yeah, but you'd think that they'd be chit-chit in They Hollywood. would definitely be chit-chit. And also there's another one that comes to mind, which I'd just, you know, I'd Have like to bring up. both? No, I haven't seen either of them. No, me either. (laughs) I don't care about, sorry, RIP. But also the other one is Friends. Garage Band. Friends. Thanks for Garage Band. Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, he he gave stuff, for sure, um, to the world. But um, the other one that I thought of when I was thinking, when I thought about like Jobs, (laughs) Steve Jobs, is Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached. Which is legit the same fucking movie, and one of them stars Mila Kunis, and the other one, I think the I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I think the other one stars Ashton Kutcher, and Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, uh, Ashton <gasps> Kutcher are married, and he was in the Jobs one, so there's some kind of conspiracy around this. Mm. So now 
Let's talk about why people love him. Why do people love him? Back They're to Fassy. Yeah, back to Fass. So there are numerous websites, or maybe, you know, we should probably just call them blogs dedicated to people's <laughs> love of Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. So some of the common threads that I found when researching this um, were his ability to dance. I get it. Trying to get my fucking boyfriend to dance is like pulling goddamn set of teeth. Yep. It's annoying. It's it's very it's it's charisma when a guy can dance. Um, he also loves dogs, but I think that's fucking easy. Like if you don't like dogs, you're you're probably a psychopath. Um, and also, oh yeah, there was one Murray Claire article that stated that he still lives, drinks, and shops in Hackney, and and like I just really Hackney's kind of cool though. <laughs> Yes. So for, for anyone who doesn't know what it's Hackney is, Hackney is a borough in London. It's considered East London and it's fucking trendy as shit. It's so gentrified. And just like to put it into perspective here, the average house price in Hackney is £1,250,909, which is Pounds. a, okay. yeah, that's wow. a, wow. that's a wow. sweet wow. two wow. and a half million Australian dollars to get, you know, but you know, he's what, he's a local hero. He keeps it real. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that doesn't even matter anymore because he lives in Portugal with his wife. Um, so another thing people love is his acting ability, which is fair. He's a great actor. He's wonderful. Uh, I did want to mention this actually. Yeah, there was this Guardian article, which honestly was long as shit and not in any way engaging, but understandably I'm not their target audience. Um, so the article said, Michael Fassbender is either one of the world's most well-adjusted human beings or most brilliant liar. Fassbender came to fame playing men who were decidedly not at peace with themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to list a bunch of his films and continues to say, he brings to every part an intensity, a commitment that makes audiences feel they are not watching a performance but spying on a man's rawest private self. It's because he's such a good actor. This sense of intrusion is both electrifying and unsettling. It can almost feel indecent. Like, fucking relax. No, I get that. No! I mean, maybe indecent and shame because he's, like, swinging his big no, way around. I feel weird when I watch him. Really? In a sexy way. So you're obviously a fan, so tell me, like, why, why do you love it? I don't... That, that quote that you just read is very telling i literally did like wank hands like ejaculate no no in the air when i read that that is my those are my feelings you know but i will say it much more crudely i would love to bone him he's so hot and he's not like he's like he's handsome he's not ugly but he's not like brad pitt hot guy yeah i get that but he's like Something definitely about that weird intensity and how he gives off this, like... Have you seen the movie called The Counselor? No. It's fucking great. I'm pretty sure the script was written by Cormac McCarthy. He... There's a first scene, I'm pretty sure, as the first scene in the movie is him and Penelope Cruz under a white sheet in bed. Basically talking sex together and then he goes down on her and it is so hot you know what you don't see enough of in films men going down on ladies let's have more mm-hmm. of that let's normalize the shit out of that thank you michael fassbender i don't know thank I you know. producer and writer of the script it just makes me feel weird okay you get a tingly feeling in your cuss yeah fair enough shall we <laughs> shall we go on to destroy this and make that cuss numb do your worst mate okay so let's get down to the allegations so in an article published by the daily beast in february 2018 titled the shocking abuse allegations against michael fassbender writers kate brickelet and amy zimmerman detail the 2010 allegations made by fassbender's former girlfriend Sunawin lisi andrews apologies if i mess that but lisi i think I'm going to say Andrews from now on because I'm just a stupid white person. So uh, in 2010, Andrews filed a restraining order in the L.A. County Superior Court against her then ex-boyfriend, 
Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. So if we look at Fassbender's career at this point, just to give us kind of like a timeline, uh, specifically with the heavy hitters, Inglorious Bastards was released in 2009, and the super duper grossing mega franchise X Men First Class Feet Fassy uh, <laughs> came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of, you know, he's very much on the up and up at this point. So I watched all those movies. The X-Men ones? Just to see him, and he's really not in them very much. I think he plays, like... He's Magneto. Yeah, but maybe he plays, young. like, old Magneto. No, he's young Magneto. Oh, yeah, Old that's Magneto right. is that gorgeous older yeah. so English that's gentleman. that's the problem I had. All the ones I watched had the old one. <laughs> well, that's not the right one. <laughs> very disappointing for me. Sorry. No. Continue. Fair enough. You didn't get what you signed up for. <laughs> So the article um, I mentioned, it was obviously, it was written eight years after the fact. Mm -hmm. So just, this was because in, uh, when when the article was published, that's when the Me Too movement, sorry, was gaining like a lot of momentum. And like a fucking set of dominoes, prominent men fell one after another. But, you know, there's no need to worry because... um, after a certain grace period, they'll all slowly make a pitiful attempt at a comeback. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson, that's different, obviously. He's just a fucking racist. Louis C.K., good job. Louis C.K., thanks, Have a mate. Nice try, buddy. I mean, like, there's no, yeah, there's too many. But, and then it's like the, the, you know, we have like this fucking collective amnesia about what these dickbags did. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, they've taken a few months out, you know, they've really, oh, God. They've yeah. really dealt with that. It's like, fuck off. Anyway. Or it's just people just going, that didn't happen. Yeah, 100%. Um, <clears throat> what's this restraining order for? You may well ask. Well, let's, let's discuss that. So the initial allegations occurred on November 2009. Um, so Andrews, Fassbender, and their two friends were all having dinner together in a restaurant and then one of Andrew's ex-boyfriends came over and he came to say hello. And we've all been there. It's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that probably 87% of the time you don't want to see that fucker. Like, Except if now your boyfriend is Michael fucking Fassbender. Actually, that's true. I would love that. Come at me, bro. Yeah, that's right. Look at my new boyfriend. It's Michael Fassbender. Yeah, That's for sure. not awkward for me if I'm telling you. If I'm... No, look, I'm not her. I'm me. That's a very good point, though. <laughs> I get it. I'd be like, yeah, moving on up, moving on up. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so they're all having dinner. This boyfriend comes over, and um, apparently Fassy just gets – he's extremely pissed about this, and he becomes like a mad dog. And then they left the restaurant and travelled home in two cars. So you've got Fassbender and Andrews in one car, mm-hmm. and then behind them are their two friends – so as I got closer to the house, she says uh, she – oh, also, sorry, in the car, allegedly he'd been drinking at the restaurant and was driving, driving the car really erratically whilst, like, screaming mm-hmm. in a rage. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, and as they got closer to the house, she says that she put her car, which Fassbender was driving, in stop. Now, as, as someone who has only ever had one car and who saw a CD player and electric windows with basically the – the height of automotive luxury. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what this means. No, I don't know what that means. So I mean, like, I don't know. She She's did like, she pull the handbrake? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just stop. Did she pull the handbrake? Did she put it in park? Is it one of the keyless entry things? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But she she says she then got out of the car when it stopped and walked to the driver's side to take the keys out of the ignition. So that kind of debunks my keyless entry theory. Um, and then at that point, Fassbender begins to drive. And so Andrews is alongside the car. She's essentially being dragged along the side of the car. Why didn't she let go? I don't know how far it was. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't specify. No, I'm sorry. I'm not really laughing. No. But. So. I, I don't know. I don't know. If you're maybe if you're in the middle of a motion of getting keys and out of an moves, ignition. You fucking get and get dragged. But but I'll tell you about the injuries because then it, it mm. must have been a consider like at least a bit of a way. Um so anyway, Fastbender stopped the car, he gets out, he picks Andrews up and 
puts her back in the passenger seat. And at that point, their two friends pull up behind them because they notice they're, like, pulled over on the side of the road. Like, they're not following... I don't think they were following, like, right Just next to, to each other. See them all something. Yeah. And then... Um, so they... Yeah, they pull up behind their car. And then... One of the friends has been quoted and they remain nameless, but they said... I was with her that night. I know that they had a fight, but I didn't witness anything he did to her. And then also when we got to the house, they were not fighting anymore. Now, the injuries that I mentioned allegedly sustained from this incident, particularly one, is truly fucking horrible. So Andrew states, I went to the hospital and had a twisted left ankle, blown out left kneecap, and a bursted ovarian cyst. Jesus. She continues and said, lots of internal bleeding. I'm doing air quotes. So um, so this friend, I'm doing air quotes over friend, says, hey, we got home and they weren't fighting. But she had to go to the hospital with all of those injuries. She didn't go that night. She went the following day or the following day because she either has miswritten the date on the court's transcripts or there's there's a kind of um, misstep there about the date. So maybe she was super drunk or... Yeah. And was like, I'm okay, at least we're not fighting anymore or yeah. something like that. Fucking hell. No, all those things... An ovarian, because the thing is, like, for f- just the thought of an ovarian cyst bursting. I have had one burst. Was it excruciating? It was excruciating. I couldn't even scream. Like, I oh couldn't God. make sound. I was in so much pain. It just, that on its own is just so disturbing. Like, that makes me feel. I don't know if it's the same for everybody. Yeah. But fuck, that was my experience. I crawled out of my bed. Oh my God. To my mother's bed, which was at the other side of the house, I couldn't make sound. It oh hurt my God. so bad, and like bashed on her shoulder to wake her up to help me and take me to the hospital. I don't see, but also, I'm not aware. Sorry, I'm not trying to fucking debunk this. Obviously, I'm a fussy girl, but <laughs> <laughs> um, how I'm gonna have to look up like. My sis just burst in the night. Yeah. I don't know if you can, like, fall over and burst a cyst. Like, I have a fucking Bachelor of Bullshits and Visual Arts, (laughs) so I don't know about this at all. But, I mean, I kind of accepted it. But the idea to me of, firstly, an ovarian cyst bursting, I just think that would be excruciating. But then to think about that to be actually brought on by physical violence Mm. is super disturbing to me like that I just very ha- fucked up yeah and you you know when there are oh the knee thing yeah yeah what did say it again say it again for my vomity pleasure the, the injuries yeah I went to hospital and I and had a twisted left ankle blown out left kneecap and a bursted ovarian cyst blown out kneecap okay and lots of internal bleeding because I think that that's I can't I haven't actually, sorry, I haven't actually written this down because, but I'm I'm sure that I read somewhere that she was bleeding through the night. Okay. Like, uh, like a vaginal blood, mm. but not like just your fun old classic period. <laughs> um, <laughs> not fun blood. <laughs> blood, blood. It is so fun. That's why we, you know, paid a luxury tax for it for mm-hmm. so long because we just had the best time. <laughs> Okay, so the second allegation, the Daily Beast has gone, they've done the legwork for me. And although Andrews doesn't specifically mention which event this was at, she does mention a film festival. Uh, And those Wiley journalists narrowed it down to the Ischia Global Film and Music Festival in Ischia, Italy. So there was some kind of function and Andrews headed back to the hotel while Fassbender, like, went out on the Raz. Mm -hmm. So then it's, I think it was very late, like, early hours of the morning and he and a mate like went back to the hotel room fucking steaming 
and they both got into bed with Andrews and she oh. was like, fuck this, not having it. I mean, she's probably half, like she's probably dead asleep and yeah. then just like these guys just like raucous. Oh. So she, she, you know, she wasn't having a bar of it and so she checked into another room. Fair enough. In the morning, Andrews returns to the room to wake Fassbender for a panel discussion he's meant to be a part of because, you know, she's his fucking keeper and needs to, you know, be his alarm clock. And so she finds him in a urine-soaked bed as Ooh. someone hit the bottle a little too hard the night before. I was going to say we've all been there, but I don't think I've ever pissed I've myself. I've never pissed myself. No. Done a lot of deplorable things. Like no, maybe you have. No, I <laughs> I don't think I have no, pissed myself. No, I think myself. lots of people piss themselves, but... No, I haven't been there. I have not. Maybe it's more likely for a man. I think maybe because they're quite lazy. Mm. Um, <laughs> again, generalising. Um, mm-hmm. So she wakes him and allegedly he's fucking furious and it turns violent very quickly and he threw Andrews over a chair and broke her nose, according to the, tra- the court transcripts. Sorry. So what did Andrews want from this? What did she request through these court filings? She requested a restraining order, which required Fassbender to stay at least 100 feet away. How long after they broke up did the court thing then? So I think that this happened... Did you say eight years or something? No, 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 no. It was like one year or oh, less than okay. a year because... It, but then the article that kind of blew oh, this right, out right, right, was right. later. Later, later. Mr. Famous. Yeah. Just a super famous. Exactly. So he had to stay 100 feet away from her and her children. She has two children. Mm. Um, She wanted fees to cover her medical bills, which amounted to $24,000. That's not surprising. I mean, she probably Mm. got temperature check and a Band-Aid for that price in fucking America. So (laughs) because the average cost of a hospital stay in the good old US of A is $15,734. That's a fucking average. So she also requested that Fassbender take a 52-week, I don't know why they write it like that, you know, just write a year, but a 52-week <laughs> batterer intervention program. Well, that's good. Yeah. So the judge implemented a temporary restraining order as Fassbender was out of the country. He was filming, he was on location somewhere. Um, and then the day before the permanent protective order was to go through, Andrews withdrew the petition. So there's no definitive answer as to why this happened, but it obviously casts doubt on her allegations for a lot of people. Um, Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I do also want to point out that after the Daily Beast article came out, the delightful publication, The Irish Mail on Sunday, said, and I quote, The woman who is threatening the 32-year-old Irishman's reputation and indeed his very livelihood is herself a woman with a troubled and somewhat seedy past. Oh, fuck off. The model has had a string of lovers, including an internet porn baron and a married man. How many fucking married men are sleeping with... Anyway. Mm. She has children by different fathers. Yeah, you heard right. Um, Scandalous. Who gives a fuck? Her first as an 18-year-old and her early years were spent posing for erotic lesbian pictures. Good on her, mate. Fuck off. That guy needs to suck my dick. Seriously, he needs to suck a load of dicks because, honestly, like, I don't think I've ever seen more blatant and unabashed victim blaming. I mean, actually, no, I definitely have because it happens all the fucking time. But, like, seriously, fucking fuck off. So they're bringing this up because in 2005, Andrews obtained a restraining order against her then-boyfriend, Seth Wachowski. Never heard of him. Don't know, don't care. As uh, he apparently, he choked her in front of one of her children. And so that's the porn baron they're talking about there. Um, So just a quick sidebar, Seth Wachowski if that is his real name, <laughs> was the first person who kind of managed to make a profit during the dot-com bubble mm-hmm. uh, because he did this through the distribution of porn. Clever boy. He also seems like an asshole, but let's just get back to the asshole we're mm-hmm. focusing on. One at, one asshole <laughs> at a time, yeah, let's mate. Yeah, let's not get choked <laughs> up on assholes here. <laughs> I couldn't find much information around, like, Fassie's fans defending him. There were some, like, Reddit threads that basically said that what I've spoken about are all rumours, but I don't know if I agree with that because there's actual court documents, so it's not really a rumour per se. 
But I know everyone loves like an innocent until proven guilty stance, which is understandable. Um, but often, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> and, yeah. And our stance, I think, is believe the victim. Until, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not innocent until proven guilty. It's like prove them to be innocent. Yeah. Because it's mm. just because that's what life has fucking shown us. Yeah. I did find one blog that was named Fascinating Fassbender. That's <gasps> fascinating with two S's. That is so great. No C. It's not my blog. I, I I would hope not. But 10 points for creativity on the name. I don't know. I've never really understood, like, super fandom. It just seems odd to me as an adult. I don't quite get it. Like, you know, sure. Did I think that Zach Hansen and I were going to marry? Maybe. Mm. Did I ever, like, write to him or do anything to make that happen? No, I just thought it would happen organically. Like, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, so the author of this blog writes, I started this blog with the intention to follow and support Michael's career, and I've successfully done that. I'm proud of what I've done to create this space. <laughs> so, often at great financial expense during challenging times in my personal and professional life. The author goes on to say, Wow. Another thing that is very important is that I no longer feel the need to protect or defend Michael Fassbender. <laughs> protect. He's an otherwise rich, famous person who has very well-paid people to help him manage his fabulous life. What? I, I'm just so confused here. I feel like she's mad at him Deluge. for being... She's mad at him for becoming successful and being able to afford help because she thought of herself as, like, maybe an internet security guard. Please send me a link. Just, uh, why was it financially... Ex- and a financial expense, like, mm. why are you defending... I don't know what's going on in this, like, blog nightmare because that's what it is, reading it. <laughs> Um, so according to the Daily Beast, they uh, approach Andrews for comment and she stated, you've got the paperwork, what more is there to say? Okay. Uh, I so she also, didn't say? She. That's all she okay. said. That was it. So, and I, I, I did want to mention that in January 2012, the New York Daily News reported that Andrews and Fassbender reunited at a Golden Globes after party. So they were allegedly getting... I'm so sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> what year? Oh, and 2000, I was speaking quite fast, I think. But in 2012, okay. they meant to reunite at a Golden Globes after party. So that's three years after the fact. Are they saying they got it on? Yeah, so basically they're apparently quite heavy petting outside the bathrooms. And why not? What a good spot. Get on that fast. Convenient if you need a whiz. Or a bone. Yeah. So the, anyway, they left this party. They got a cab. They went to a hotel. And then apparently she left at midday the following day in a pair of slippers. But Fassie's people and Andrew's people didn't comment on I this mean, at all. Bleh. And also I don't think this really contributes much no, to the story. No, shit? Doesn't mean didn't do it or did do it or... No, it's nothing new because according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, on average a woman will leave an abusive relationship seven times before wow. they leave for good, which mm. is, you know, and, and I think, you know, you can, we can both understand that. I think anyone can understand that. Yeah. It's so much, so much more layered and deep than that, yeah. than just like getting out of there. It's, it doesn't work like that. Um, so Fassbender has never responded to these allegations publicly, nor have his representatives. But his parents have. Oh. <laughs> so his mother said, anyone who knows Michael at all knows that it's a complete fabrication. She said that to the Daily Mail. And his daddy said, I don't know where she's getting this story from. Michael is the most gentle man you could ever meet. Now, personally, this does nothing for me. No, no, no. That's what every mummy and daddy would ever say. I'm not a parent myself. But I do find it, like, not necessarily this case, but what you're talking about, about people who have clearly fucking committed heinous crimes, mm. to quote um, Law and Order. Uh, it's so wild that they're just so blind to the truth. Anyway, so what do you reckon? What do you think? Mm, I don't know. I feel like... Are there any photos or anything? <laughs> no. Well, not that I could find. Mm, look, I'm going to have to do an experiment and watch, like, a hot, fussy movie and see how I go. Okay. 
That's fair enough. Because he is my number one, get, like, movie guy. Yeah, it's just the ovarian cyst thing that really, like... But I don't think that you can make someone burst a cyst. You must be able to with, like, violent kind of physical assault. I don't see, like, unless it's a very big fucking cyst. Mm. It's quite in there, like, under organs and shit. Like, look, I'm going to look this shit up. Okay. We're going to do a brief... Yeah, maybe we can do a little recap about At the end of next episode, or maybe we'll do it after this, um, you know, after we edit it. I'm not sure. Okay. I still think he's pretty hot. And I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, like... I don't know. I'm not ready to let go. And that makes me a bad feminist, I'm sure. But We're I'm, all bad feminists. But, like, I also vow to look into this personally. Yeah. Maybe I just don't believe you, Cara. <laughs> no, I do believe you. No, I'm not very convincing. But also, I, I'm a compulsive liar. Everyone knows that. <laughs> well, I think I just want to look at some pictures. I'm actually legit the most honest person that ever graced this earth. But, yeah, she is. No, I think that's fair. Okay, look, thank you. Sorry, socks. We have used multiple sources in the research for this podcast. All of these can be found in the show notes. This podcast was written by Kara Nissen and Amber Jones, with music and engineering by Morgan Jones. DJ Morgs! <laughs> Sorry, I should have laughed. I like it.